filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's show, we're focusing on threats to your financial independence. Maybe you're working your plan to reach retirement, but what are the threats? Some that are known and some that are unknown. We'll talk about it straight ahead. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show all across the state of Arkansas. Second weekend of the new year. We are glad to have you with us for the next hour. My name is Scott Inman. To my left is Tim Key. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, Scott. John Shrewsbury to my right. I am here. Welcome in. And Teresa Arago to his right, sitting in Janet's seat today. Uh, Janet's out of town as we sit down and uh, settle in for the Get Ready for the Future show. How are you? Good. Good yeah. morning. Hey, we've got, I, I don't know if we've had a more packed show than we have for you today. We're going to be mm-hmm. talking about threats to your financial independence. And as we said in the open there, you know, maybe you're doing the things that you need to be doing. Maybe you have a financial plan. Maybe you're on track for your financial goals, but these are the outliers. These are the things that you may have heard about, you may even know exist, and I think in many cases you know the terms, you know what mm-hmm. they are in general, but have you done anything to protect yourself against these threats because quite frankly these are the things as financial advisors john that we look at inside or really outside of the core of someone's financial plan and we know these are the big threats that could derail everything scott there are a lot of threats out there and people have become more sensitive to threats uh i I think really since the uh uh, the financial crisis that Mm -hmm. really kind of caused people to to really rethink how threats, uh, you know, come about. And then in the information age, we have all these threats from outside of our finances, uh, people trying to get to our finances. And so we're going to cover a lot of that on the show today. Uh, there are threats, you know, obviously the one that we deal with the most here at GenWealth is what happens if the market crashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's always a question. Uh, and what if I have long-term poor returns on my investments, things of that nature. But there is a lot of things that, that we've got to, to be on guard with as we go through your financial life and help you to prepare for the future. Uh, Teresa, we often talk at Gen Wealth about your inve- your retirement is more than just investments. Mm-hmm. And, and John's talking about investment strategy. That's a big part of it. And we have to protect against what could happen to your investments. But there are tons of other things out there that when you take a holistic approach at things, you really have to think about. Well, when you think about your family dynamics, you know, I've got six kids. So for me, the the impact of my children on my future retirement is something I have to think about. But a lot of people don't think about their spouse. What happens when maybe you only have one income because one of you passes away first? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dynamics that go into that retirement planning that if you're not planning for them, then you may end up getting shocked with something that could really hurt you long term. And Tim, we talk about long-term care being something that, and we're going to talk about that today, as being the elephant in the room. We can build a really nice retirement income plan for you, but if the need for one or both spouses goes up significantly because they need long-term care in a facility or even at home, that can really derail something. Absolutely. If one person has to go into long-term care, um, and that may be five or $6,000, that may be the majority of that retirement income on a monthly basis that has to go to take care of them. And so what does the healthy person at home um, really do and what do they have to live on? And I think you, if you begin to kind of talk to people today, they, they recognize some of these threats that yeah. we've, we've talked about. But one of them that you don't really think of as a threat until you really begin to see its impact on you is the threat of taxes. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people coming to us uh, here at GenWealth going, hey, we're really concerned about where taxes are going. And, you know, we just saw a, a big, in my opinion, a huge tax increase on the next generation mm-hmm. when they changed the SECURE Act. Of course, Last week, we talked a lot about that on the show, but I think that 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 just kind of heightens people's awareness of, hey, you know, Congress is doing everything they can to try to get their hands on money as quickly as they can. And what's going to happen down the road as we have all these chickens come home to roost, so to speak, and we have to pay for some of these things that we've been spending money on, how are we going to endure the taxes on our retirement programs? And I think that's something that, that is on the minds of just about everybody. 
And, you know, like they say, if, if Congress, you know, creates all these laws and what have you, there are ways of figuring out how to avoid some of that. And, mm-hmm. and there's always going to be that. So uh, obviously that's something that people really want to know about these days. I want to mention, if you did miss that, get ready for the future show that dealt with the SECURE Act last week. It will be available or it probably is available as we speak on podcasts. So we want you to be able to go back and find that. You can find it where you get your podcast sources about the SECURE Act. So another one we're going to spend some significant time on as far as threats to your financial independence. And I do want to point out, too, it's important to say that these are threats. These are not things that you should worry about if you plan for. And I think Mm -hmm. those are the things that some of the things we've already talked about in this segment, people probably do worry about, but they, while they are a threat, there are things you can do. So we will offer solutions today as well. But the one we're going to dive into in the next segment, and we're going to spend some time on, and we're also going to give you more opportunity to learn more about, is financial fraud or identity theft, as it's commonly known. And, and there are various ways to look at that. And we have two special guests from the FBI, Todd Adams and Ryan Kennedy, who are both supervisory special agents. And as Todd uh, told me, he covers all things white collar when it comes to financial crimes (laughs) and other things. So complex financial issues, financial crimes is what they deal with on a day-to-day basis. They're going to be joining us in the next segment here on the Get Ready for the Future show. But we do want to take a minute, too, to remind folks that they'll also be coming out. We're going to have Ryan as a part of a special Gem Wealth Academy workshop that is coming up later this month. Yeah, I think the workshop is going to be a, uh, a real plus for people who are concerned about uh, a lot of different threats to your retirement from, from outside and inside. And also, we're going to be covering some Social Security issues and things of that nature and how to prepare and, and, and fortify your finances as far as Social Security is concerned. So it's going to be a great time for those workshops coming up uh, in the month of January. Yeah, we have sign-up available right now. You can go online to register at GetReadyForTheFuture.com, free to attend. It is a multi-tiered or multi-pronged workshop. I don't think we've ever done that. So we are having the opportunity not only to learn about financial crimes from FBI special agents who work in that field every day, but we're also going to have Stephanie Smith on those workshops or at those workshops. And she is our social security expert. She spent 27 years Uh, at the Social Security Administration, and she's going to talk about all things Social Security. And then we'll also have a couple of advisors, depending on the location, which advisors they are, come in and talk about the threats from an investment strategy standpoint and building an an income plan uh, to attempt to be bulletproof when you walk into uh, your retirement. So that's coming up in late January. There'll be one in Little Rock. There'll be one in Conway. You can find all the details at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. Again, it's free to attend, but space is limited, so I would encourage you to register uh, as quickly as you can. Scott, I think that uh, I was just thinking as we were going through uh, talking about these exterior threats, if you will, identity theft and things of that nature. You know, I'm old enough to remember a time when you blissfully lived in your neighborhood and you really didn't know a whole Mm -hmm. lot about crime or anything that was going on around you and all Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And, you know, obviously those days are gone because now we have Facebook, you know, pages and neighborhood watches and all these systems and everything and cameras and all of that. But I'm not sure that we're not living in sort of almost a a blissful ignorance about how many attempts there are at identity theft and phishing and all of these things that that could be a threat to your finances. And as we get ready uh, to hear from the folks at the FBI, I think that that is something to really pay attention to. Because if you don't understand the threats that are out there, then you can leave yourself exposed unwittingly. Uh, I I got an email the other day that said that my email had been compromised. My personal email had been compromised on the dark web. Heck, I don't even know what the dark web is, but <laughs> but you know, it said it had been compromised. And so you need to be aware of what's going on out there and understand the threats that are, are there so you can defend yourself against those threats. And we'll have that coming up on the so, show. Todd Adams and Ryan Kennedy, join us next on the Get Ready for the Future show to talk about some of those things to be on the lookout for when it comes to financial or identity theft. Our broadcast continues right after this. There are only three things you can count on in life. Death, taxes, and the Get Ready for the Future show on Saturdays. Back with more after this break. 
This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across central Arkansas, there is a Genwealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From Genwealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. It's a new year. It's a new decade. And in today's fastest four minutes in investing, we're talking about lessons learned from the past decade. And certainly everybody would agree with me, it was a great decade to be invested in equities. But I think as we jump in here, John, the two big lessons that we should have learned from the past decade, long-term investors learned that we should ignore short-term market noise and be prepared for volatility. We're going to go over some of the returns that the S&P 500 uh, got in the last decade. But I think when you pair that with the number of times that we had a decline, you'll see that you have to be prepared prepared for bumps along the road in long-term investing. And you have to be patient with stocks. Yes. Stocks are something that uh, do take some time to really perform the way that you would expect them to perform. So, Scott, at the start of the decade, we didn't think stocks were going to do anything because we'd just come out of the uh, 2008 crisis and everything. Mm-hmm. In March of 2009, uh, you know, the market began to go up, but everybody was very, very skeptical of stocks. Well, now you look back at this past decade, stocks have done really well. If you take a look at our, our chart, you know, it's it was a very good year uh, for stocks. The S&P 500 in the 2010s actually had a return of about 13.5%. Now, that's not the greatest return that we've ever had in a decade, but it is a very solid return. And so when you think about the reason you invest in stocks, the reason you invest in stocks is to stay ahead of inflation and to get good gains in your portfolio so you will be able to retire. But it does take patience. I think you've got to be sure that to look at stocks and and say in any given year, stocks can go up or down. But over the long term, usually you have very good performance. You see that in the chart indicated as well. Six declines or six corrections, and a correction is defined as a 10% decline. So six times in 10 years, we saw a 10% correction, and we could very well see that in the coming year. It is common to see that along the way. But if you look at that overall return of 13.5, including dividends, and 11.2 annualized not including dividends, you see that it was certainly a great 10-year run. Now, on the flip side, fixed income was not as good of a decade. Yeah, you have to use bonds to be prepared. And obviously, when you have the volatility that stocks had in the 2010s or at any particular point in time, you are reminded every once in a while that it's good to have bonds in your portfolio. And that is why they are called a volatility buffer. Bonds have been problematical in the uh, decades of the 2010s because we had very low interest rates. And so you weren't earning an awful lot on what we would call clipping the coupon, but you were in a situation where those bonds did serve as a counterbalance to the volatility of stocks. And so if you were all in on stocks and you hit one of those big downturns, then you were all down if the if the market was down. But if you were diversified, if you were uh, if you had your risk spread out and you had some bonds in that portfolio, oftentimes bonds counteracted what stocks gave you in terms of volatility. And that's why you always want to be diversified in your investments. You want to be sure to buffer that volatility because volatility can make cowards of a lot of folks. And, yeah. and that can be a ruinous thing to a portfolio. So just to put numbers on that, a 3.8% annualized rate for fixed income as compared to the benchmark of of domestic bonds over the last 10 years. That was the slowest pace for a decade since the index inception back in 1976. But a lot of that was, as you you mentioned, John, because rates were oftentimes uh, very low during that decade, for sure. In fact, the whole decade. So that's it for today's Fastest Four Minutes in Investing. Thanks for watching on social media and for listening on our radio program. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. 
you have a burning question, email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Identifying threats to your financial independence. Maybe you're doing the things you need to be doing. Your savings rate is good. Investment performance is doing well on the road to retirement. You feel like the pieces are in place. But what are those outliers, those things that could happen to you that could really derail everything and really threaten your financial independence? That's what we're talking about today in this second weekend of 2020. And we are pleased in this segment to be joined by Todd Adams and Ryan Kennedy, both supervisory special agents with the FBI. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, good morning. Yeah, good morning. thank you guys for being with us. Ryan, you've been on before, so you're the old pro here, right? You're, Thanks for having me back. Yeah, we're, we're glad to have you guys, and we thank you for spending some time with us today. You are in, both of you are in the middle of this. Uh, Todd, you said that you handle all things white collar. So That's correct. Yes. You guys deal with all of these things, and we're going to focus in on the financial crime aspect of uh, this of your job today primarily as it relates to someone's finances as it relates to their road to retirement these things that could really come in and, and threaten that so let's start by just i guess what are some of the most common elder fraud schemes that you see in arkansas okay well as you know the population of the baby boomers is starting to age a little bit more than um, the other population well we're looking at say 10,000 people a day are turning 65 yeah. and up. So we're starting to see with the number of fraud schemes that are taking place, they're targeting the elder population. So the Department of Justice has decided that this is a priority uh, due to the aging population in the United States. And we're starting to see three types of schemes, if you will, in the state of Arkansas and around the United States. Uh, 20% of these are third-party type schemes, which are lottery scams or um, home repair, sweetheart scams, those kind of things that we see. 20% uh, are trusted parties, such as bankers, uh, attorneys, tax preparers, also hairdressers or caregivers are taking advantage of senior citizens. Wow. And then 60% of it come from family, either nuclear or extended family that we're seeing taking advantage wow. of elder folks in the state. Um, and the number one scam that we see is romance scams here in the state where they prey upon the elderly um, on their feelings. Uh, they see the obituaries and they know that that's a widow and then they start targeting those individuals, uh, make them feel sorry for them. Maybe it's a medical issue that they want help with. And then the elder um, group starts sending money over and over again until they have no money left. So I'm curious, what does the process look like to initiate an investigation into something? Uh, you know, you you think about calling the FBI into a situation that is cropped up in your life as being a huge deal. But really, you guys are just like any other law enforcement agency that if there is something that has come against an elder person, you need to know about it. Absolutely. And, and we're starting to get more and more reporting these days. Uh, I think because we're getting the word out that we're very interested in investigating these crimes because it's taking advantage of the elderly in the area. Um, so we're starting to see an uptick in complaints, whether it come from family members, doctors, um, caregivers are also providing information to us as well. But the biggest um, reporting comes from uh, family members most of the time. Mm. And there's several avenues that they can use to report to us, and that would be through uh, just a telephone call. They can walk in and see us at the office. They can go to their local police department and talk to them about it, who will then refer it to us. Um, and then we also have an IC3.gov, which is an Internet site that they can go to and file a complaint. And once we get that complaint, then we'll start doing a preliminary investigation to determine if there was an actual loss to that person. Uh, and then we'll start doing interviews. The problem with that is with an elder is that they have some cognitive loss sometimes and they don't remember or they're very trusting. So we have to take it easy, if you will, with regards to coming in and doing these in interviews because we don't want to cause embarrassment to them and we want them to understand we're there to help them. I would assume that that also gives you uh, some challenges in terms of trying to prosecute somebody if you're dealing with someone who has cognitive issues, uh, their testimony is is always questionable. Correct. And we, we take that into account when we do the interview. But a lot of times when we have this fraud, we have a paper trail. So they either wrote a check or they wired money. Um, so we're able to go and look at that bank account or bank records with the help of a trustee or a family member or just through subpoenas. And we can find that paper trail. So then we can prosecute that individual, whether or not the person can testify or not. That paper trail will help us through that prosecution. Well, you mentioned you mentioned a lot of avenues here on how to report it, how to identify it, but let's let's focus in a little bit of the protection side of this before it ever gets to that point. What are some of the 
What's there, what are some of those steps that senior citizens in particular can take to protect themselves from elder fraud crimes? Um, one thing is to maintain um, good awareness of your bank account, maintain awareness of people that are coming around you or that are asking you to sign things or asking for money or home repairs. Uh, we see a lot of that where people come up and say, you need to redo your driveway. You know, that's $10,000, which we know it's not, but they're trusting. So they provide that information. Um, looking at a possible power of attorney that you might want to put in place for a family member that's losing that cognitive ability. Um, but maintaining control of your Medicare account number, your bank account number, don't give that out. And also understand that you have the right to tell people no. Mm -hmm. You get approached in a grocery store, you get approached online or via telephone or mail asking for money. You don't have to give them money. You can tell them no, no, thank you. Hang up the phone. Don't respond to that email. And then again, pay attention to your bank accounts and pay attention to all your finances. I, I found that that oftentimes people uh, they they are preyed on because they're they're nice. You know they don't want right. to hang up the phone on somebody, or mm -hmm. they don't want to be rude to somebody or something like that. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, what the typical person looks like that is victim of elder fraud, age wise. Agent Kennedy. So really, it, as Todd said, we're looking at people in their sixties in terms of who they may look like. Um, you know, unfortunately, I have personal experience with this. It looks like one of my family relatives who was defrauded right before the Christmas season. So it's hard to say that there is any typical demographic that is subject to this that ends up getting defrauded more often than not. Um, what we really limit it to is we're looking at when we're talking about elder fraud, people who are age 60 and above. Okay. Scott, I have to say that, uh, you know, criminals are dumb anyway, but <laughs> when one uh, offends a relative of the FBI, that's that's a little bit of a big problem. <laughs> I think uh, uh, you you really stepped in it when you uh, when you step off into that kind of criminal activity. They did not do their homework. There, no, did they, they did not. We're talking with Todd Adams and with Ryan Kennedy, both supervisory special agents for the FBI, and they deal in complex financial crimes, fighting it every day. And we're talking about some of the ways that. Uh, folks can protect themselves, especially uh, if you are a senior citizen, and that is the target that we're talking about, that uh, that scammers and fraudsters are trying to target. And Agent Adams, I wonder, you know, you talked about many different schemes there, and, I, and, and that, that really took me back to think about there are that many ways that they're trying to get in. What would you say is the most damaging scheme? To me, I say the romance scam, because they take advantage of the way that the um, elder folks that may be alone. And so they, they prey on those feelings. And by preying on those feelings, they earn the trust of that individual. And then once that individual realizes they were only being used for their money, then we have a huge embarrassment to that person. They're scared that if their family finds out about it, they may lose their home. They may be put somewhere that they can not have control of their finances. And that is the most devastating thing we're seeing right now is understanding that they were scammed and they felt like someone cared about them and that trust that they have now is shattered. I would imagine that there is, there's obviously, there's the insult to if, if somebody takes your money, but when they use you emotionally to yeah. take your money, then yeah. that compounds that damage. That's correct. And then it's the unfortunate thing is if you look at obituaries, when you put out an obituary, you put out who passed away, who the widow is, who all the family members are of that. So a scammer can read the paper and figure out which candidate's going to be next on his list for a scam because they now know all the family members. They can reach out to that elder and say, I'm your grandson, I'm this or that. And they may not realize that, but we've put all that information out yeah. just for anyone to take advantage of. And they do take advantage of that. You mentioned the protection with regard to bank account numbers, Medicare uh, information. You know, you think about 20, 30, 40 years ago, we, we use this term digital footprint. You know, that didn't really exist right. that long ago, but now it is so easy to find out basic information about folks. Is, is there anything they should do to guard against uh, some of those type of things? I mean, you know, they're, they're on Facebook, they're putting their family information out there and they want to share it with people they want to share it with, but there are people looking at it that they don't want to be sharing it with. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with Facebook. There's nothing wrong with LinkedIn or any of those other um social networks. It's just be careful what you put out there. You can put family information out there, but don't put dates of birth. Try not to put, you know, where I bank. Try not to do all of that where, you know, I'm I'm at I'm checking in here at this bank or I'm checking in here. People can put two and two together and then can figure out where you're banking, what other 
you know, avenues of in getting into your financial records. You know, and one of the other things that I advise a lot of people about too, especially when it comes to social media, is you occasionally see these um, posts or tweets about, hey, let's play this game where I'm going to tell you 20 things about me and then you're going to tell me 20 things about you. Well, yeah. when you really look at those questions, a lot of those questions mirror the the same security questions that your bank uses or your financial institution may use. So we really need to be mindful and critical of the kind of information that we're putting out there because if we're answering those questions, we're giving the fraudsters a good footstep into our financial accounts, into our bank accounts, into our financial institutions by providing them with the answers to those security questions. That's a great point. I, those games are all over they Facebook are. and everything. And, and you know, you kind of get intrigued by it and go, oh, let's, let's play this see what happens or it's going to tell you something about yourself that maybe you don't know or whatever and all of a sudden all that information falls in the wrong hands earlier uh, uh, before you guys stepped in we were talking about the fact that you know in, in our world I'm, I'm old enough to remember a time when we lived in our communities and were really oblivious to the crime that was going on around us if there was any uh, we kind of just had this ignorance of bliss and 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 that type of thing uh, and it's almost that way now I think with uh, the whole identity theft issue and all these these phishing expeditions and what have you, because I don't think people really understand how many attempts there are at getting personal information. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's um, we had some stats here um, with regards to that and the number of complaints that we've had. Um, it's just been over the last several years, the amounts have been around 350,000 complaints over 2018 with regards to these type of fishing expeditions, if you will, of targeting individuals over 60. Um, and that number is, like I said, approximately 350,000 for 2018. That's nationwide. And that's tremendous. Um, we haven't seen that in years. And it's only going to get worse because the aging population is mm -hmm. increasing every day. Like I said, 10,000 people a day turn 65. And I'll point out, those are the ones that get reported. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Those are the ones that are reported. Well, we have just a few seconds left, but I do want to remind folks that we will be holding a Gen Wealth Academy workshop called Fortifying Your Finances on January 23rd and January 28th. On January 23rd, it's at Mike's Place in Conway. And on January 28th at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock, 6.30 each night. And Ryan, you'll be there to I provide some more information if people want to find out more. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Once again, Ryan Kennedy and Todd Adams. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank we you. appreciate it. The Get Ready for the Future show continues next. Don't miss a minute of the Get Ready for the Future show. Look for our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash radio. We'll be right back. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we're back for more. Our thanks again. Our thanks again to Supervisory Special Agents Ryan Kennedy and Todd Adams for joining us on today's Get Ready for the Future show to talk about financial crimes and what they deal with at the FBI. And one more reminder, if you want to sign up for those workshops that we mentioned at the tail end of the last segment, you can do that by going to GetReadyForTheFuture.com and you'll see the events tab there and you can sign up for free. Again, it's free to attend on January 23rd at Mike's Place in Conway and January 28th at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. If you would prefer someone sign you up, uh, sign up for you, you can call us at 501-653-7355. One of our team members can get you signed up. And space is limited, particularly at Mike's Place in Conway. We like to keep that around 15, maybe 20 is kind of pushing it. So uh, it, th that would definitely be something you should probably do sooner rather than later as we close in on those dates. So good information. We thank those guys again for being with us. And as we talk about today on the Get Ready for the Future show, threats to your financial independence, one of the things at the top of our list is your own behavior. Your own behavior, guys, can be a detriment to your retirement in many ways. And what, what are we talking about there? Well, uh, we could be talking about many things, but especially when it comes to investments. John, you're fond of saying people do the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong reasons. And, and the biggest highlight of that was in 2008 when the market is going down that they pull everything out. Yeah, that, that's kind of the, the classic, traditional uh, wrong thing, wrong time, and wrong reason. But I think that people 
focus on the wrong things oftentimes. You know, we are fond of saying at GenWealth that we're all about outcomes. And the outcome that most retirees are looking for is the income that they're going to have. What kind of income is it that I need to have? You can think of all these other factors like things like performance and price and expenses and all of these other things that seem to dominate the headlines about investments and you don't get the outcome that you're looking for, if you focus on these things, then it doesn't matter. Uh, But if you focus on this, then these things kind of take care of themselves. And so I think oftentimes, Teresa, that people talk themselves into uh, certain areas of focus Mm -hmm. because of pop culture, the media, their buddy in the cubicle next door to them, or whatever the case may be. Well, and we've talked about this before. Because of the internet, we all have this huge amount of information available to us. But if you don't know how to apply it or filter it to know which information is accurate, and which information is junk, you could really make some poor choices by accident with the best intentions. And if you think that your investments are a plan, you're wrong. Your investments are a tool. They're a vehicle to your plan, but there's got to be more than just investments. I agree. Go ahead. I agree. We're overwhelmed with information Mm -hmm. in, in these days. And if we just react to one thing that we read or hear, we could be doing the exact opposite of maybe what we should be doing. Yeah. And I think it's important to, I look at it like this, the difference in subjectivity and objectivity. I'm pretty subjective <laughs> when it comes to my own investments, right? Yes. I need somebody with an objective viewpoint to look at that. And that's why we have, we are each other's financial advisors. It, sure. that, that's where the role of a financial advisor really, I think, has great value is we're agnostic when it comes to your finances. I mean, yes, we want you to reach your outcome, but we see the investment for what it is and we're not emotionally attached to it. Yeah, I was about to say, we're emotionally disconnected from it. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it is not our money so we can look at it a little bit differently than you can. And that's really, you may say, well, I want you to do it like it's my money. <laughs> well, I don't know about that because human behavior is is clearly one of the biggest uh, impediments to success from a financial planning standpoint. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it's that old saying of we have identified the enemy and it is us. We, mm-hmm. we are the ones that are our own worst enemies when it comes to uh, modifying our behavior and understanding what's going on. For instance, you know, we just had uh, this week all the dust up in the Middle East and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, people began to, to get wide eyed about it on TV and the market went nuts and all of this type of thing. And and, you know, how many times have we seen this happen over there? And, you know, I just laugh oftentimes when the markets go crazy and gold goes up and oil goes up and stocks go down. And, you know, two weeks later, everybody's forgotten about it and, and everything's back to normal in most cases. And so. You know, the the biggest thing that I think people tell themselves these days is, oh, this time it's different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really very, very few times is yeah. it different. And we certainly believe in staying invested. But the how is kind of leading us into the next item on our list, a threat to your financial independence can be and is a looming and when it happens, bear market. Or if you get poor returns for a length of time in retirement while you are selling shares of your investments and taking it out and using it as income, that is a big threat. So we don't want to discount that by saying, well, just stay invested. It all becomes about the how are you going to invest, the investment strategy, which it comes down to a financial plan. Yeah, they, the let's be clear. I, I believe outcomes are, are incredibly important and all the focus on rate of return and all that type of thing is, is really misdirected. Mm-hmm. But let's be clear, rate of return is important. You've got to get a good return on your money. If rate of return was, wasn't important, you could go stick it in the bank and earn less than 1% or whatever the rates are right now and everything would be fine. We all know that you can't do that because you get killed by inflation. So mm-hmm. you have to find good rates of return. The key here is this is that you've got to have a rate of return that is commensurate with your goal. It doesn't necessarily have to be the best rate of return out there. It doesn't necessarily have to beat every index on the planet in order for you to be successful. It just has to be enough for you to get the rate of return that you need as far as your goal is concerned. And let's back up to that again, going back to the plan. If I need money today and I've got to pay my light bill today, I don't care about getting a high rate of return on that part of my money. Now, the money I don't need for 20 years, let's talk differently about that. But we've got to, just like I budget my monthly dollars based on how each dollar needs to be used, 
my plan should be set up so that the dollars I need now are treated differently than the dollars I need in 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And that's the big piece of our planning that I feel like people miss out on if they don't have an advisor helping them with that. It is a risk reward relationship, Tim. Mm -hmm. We talk about it all the time. Where are you going to hang out? If you want that reward, the risk on the downside (laughs) stretches out, right? So where do you want to operate? What window do you want to operate in? And when you're using it as income in retirement, that's a smaller window with, as Teresa said, the money you're spending today, it can be a little bit bigger as for the money that's 15 years down the road. Exactly. What we're really trying to do in our planning is control when we're going to be selling that's right. investments. Yes. And so we are able to take more risk on those assets that we aren't going to need for at least 15 years or longer for that retirement income. And when we take more risk, the reward for that is usually a higher return. And so, but if we want to minimize that risk, I mean, there are some different ways to do that, but we are also potentially constricting ourselves to low Mm -hmm. returns that won't keep up with inflation over time. Let me say this, too. If you are 10 years or less away from retirement or if you are even in retirement today, as you're listening to us on the Get Ready for the Future show, this becomes vitally important to have your plan in place to prepare for the next downturn in the market. We know that we're a day closer today than we were yesterday to the mm-hmm. next bear market. Now, anybody that tells you the date and time of that, they don't, don't believe know, right? Run, we, run, just, run. we just know that the bull market has been going for a long time. And Tim and I were talking about we could be even in a new bull market. Depends on how you really look at that because we went down 20% intraday in late 2018. But regardless, we know the trajectory of a market only goes upward for so long. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. And and I think that, that the key is that you've got to look for those returns in the market to, to again, meet your goal. When we look at the, the big driver of why you want to invest in something that has a decent rate of return, it's inflation. Yeah. And let's talk about inflation for just a second, because inflation is the most insidious part of the threats that are out there when it comes to to investments. And you think, well, you know, we haven't had that much inflation lately and it's just not that big a deal. It really is that big a deal. Let me give you an analogy. So if you go back to 1988, when I got married, a loaf of bread was 59 cents. I know because I ate a lot of ham and cheese sandwiches when I got you know married, and, and it was 59 cents for a loaf of bread. You go down the road here to the local grocery store, and you walk in and you check out what a loaf of Wonder Bread is. It's $2.99. Mm-hmm. That is a huge increase in cost over about a 31-year period of time. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about that, if you think about the fact that, okay, I've got to, to keep up with an inflation rate of, let's just call it 2.5%. In 10 years, things are going to be 25% more expensive, rough math, 25% more expensive than they are today. You've got to have investments that will overcome that inflation rate for you to be able to be uh, in a good shape as far as your retirement is concerned. I think about it when I go out to lunch. You know, Tim knows I like to go out to lunch. And, likes to eat. <laughs> and unfortunately, that costs more money than it did 20 years ago. When you think about how much, I mean, because I, I still use cash for my lunches. So I, I think about it in terms of $5 and $10 increments. I mean, when I was in college in the early 1990s, it was nothing to go for a $5 bill. You could eat a full lunch. Now, great. Granted, (laughs) the type of lunch, the 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 quality. (laughs) We are in a a realm now where we're eating more salads, and I think that's part of it, too. But you can't eat for $10 now. If you're going to eat anything of any quality, you can't break. You can't take a $10 bill in and get a lunch. So it, it, it affects me. I see it in those examples. But the reality is, I think the point we're trying to drive home is if you don't stay invested in in something that is going to outpace inflation, even in retirement, because a lot of people want to just play it safe in retirement. And I get that. They don't want to lose money. They their, The mentality is preservation yeah. of capital. I don't want to see my account value go down. But when you can turn it around and look at the other risk you're taking, the threat to your retirement by not outpacing inflation, mm-hmm. you're not going to buy as much, Teresa, as you did when you were in day one of retirement. So you're preserving your capital, but what you're not preserving is your buying power. That's right. And that's really what matters is can I buy the things that I need on a day-to-day basis to meet my independence, to, to create my independence that I've worked so hard for. And I think you've got to balance those two. Do you need to preserve capital in your uh, retirement program? 
Yes, you absolutely mm-hmm. do. You've got to preserve capital, but you also have to have an element that helps you to grow. And that's what we do here with the Income for Life model, Scott, because it is a segmented investment strategy. Yeah, so it is going to take your investments that you've spent a lifetime accumulating and break those out into what we call buckets of money. So the buckets are set up to be spent in certain use years of your retirement. So that capital preservation takes place in the early buckets, the buckets you're spending in the first five years of retirement. And then as those buckets go out by terms of years, you get out to 15 years, that's where you're going to be invested in the market, invested in equities. Because if 2008 happens tomorrow, let's take a look at historical performance, and that's not a guarantee that it's going to happen this way in the future. But when you look at what happened in 08, that was how many years ago? Well, we're now in 2020. So about 12 years later, we're up more than 300% from the market lows. Mm -hmm. So you think about if you leave it alone and let it cook for 15 years and you're not spending that money for 15 years, that bucket should be able to be allocated to equity. So that's the way we do it. We'll talk a little bit more about the GenWealth Ready to Retire process and more threats to your financial independence next. There's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. A smarter, simpler, more personal approach to retirement continues with the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome back into the Get Ready for the Future show, talking today about threats to your financial independence. And we've gone a lot of different places. And in our final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about medical issues and long-term care. But before we get to that, I want to make an announcement again that we have made over the last couple of weeks. We are extremely excited Next Wednesday is the day that we begin the Get Ready for the Future show live. You've listened maybe many years on the radio, and we will continue to be on the radio, same channels, same time, as they used to say when Batman was getting ready to I was waiting for it. Same bat time, time. same bat channel. Nothing changes on the radio side. You got to be a certain age to even remember that, right? I was about to say. But with the Get Ready for the Future show live, beginning next Wednesday, at 11.30 a.m. and moving forward every Wednesday after that at 11.30, we will be live from our broadcast position on YouTube and on Facebook. So all you have to do to get us is like our Facebook page, GenWealth Financial Advisors, and or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Both are free. So a free way to at your desktop or wherever you want to get your information, you can watch the Get Ready for the Future show live. And then if you do miss it, you can always uh, catch it again on the radio. Absolutely. And I, I'm thinking that we might, might even bring in lunch or something and have lunch with everybody and uh, just kind of kick back and yeah. talk retirement, <laughs> investments, your money, you know. Since just it's don't talk with your I mouth I thought John full. was offering us lunch. I was really excited for a second there. <laughs> it's always after a free meal. You know? What's the deal here? We're, we're financial advisors. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're budgeting. Exactly. I say. Okay. Well, and also, Scott, next week, uh, we've got a uh, it's sort of a top secret announcement that is uh, that Teresa is going to be involved in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll give a little hint. It's live, not only from our studios here in Bryant, but live from Conway. All right. Yeah. So we're going to be in multiple locations for the first. I tell you what, we're, 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 we're biting off a big for something here. Of the apple right yeah. there. <laughs> we're going to on our first show be live in in Conway and here in Bryant. So, so let, yeah, let me give this disclaimer. If everything just goes to stink, you know why, because we've yeah. overstretched our, our He'll blame me. That's, yeah. that's what'll happen. Well, you know, <laughs> somebody's got to take the blame around here, and it's certainly not me. I'm the old exactly. guy. Exactly. So I hope you will uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and like our Facebook page, GenWealth Financial Advisors, and then on your schedule, you can just sit down and make plans. It'd be appointment TV. It won't really be TV, appointment laptop, whatever you want to call it, at 1130 every Wednesday, beginning next Wednesday, January 15th. So as we dive back into our final segment here, and we're talking about threats to your financial independence, I want to get into the medical issues that you may face, and more specifically, long-term care. But when it comes to healthcare in general, healthcare for the average 65-year-old couple will cost $338,000 in retirement. There's no question that rising costs in healthcare are outpacing inflation. Last numbers I looked at, it was close to 7% annually when the inflation rate was about 2 2.5% at most. Now, there's a healthcare cost that will be covered by Medicare, but there's lots of healthcare costs that won't. So even if you're thinking that's the magic age, and most people do, if you if you poll Americans, what's the most common 
retirement age, it's going to be 65 because they know they qualify for Medicare then and they think a lot of things will be taken care of, and they will. But one of the big ones that will not, outside of other out-of-pocket health care costs, is long-term care. Medicare, that's a, that's a shocker to a lot of people. Medicare does not cover, outside of the 90 days in rehab, they do not cover, it does not cover long-term care. And that, we know, is a rising issue as well as we live longer. Mm-hmm. Longevity is a big threat to financial independence, too. As we live longer, the quality of that care is being, or the quality of that life, is being extended because of medicine, because of health care. And you got to think about the stats say seven out of ten of us will need some sort of of long-term care, John. And let me be sure that you didn't miss what Scott just said. Medicare does not cover long-term care. That is one of the biggest fallacies, one of the mm-hmm. biggest misconceptions that people are suffering under today. They think somehow the government is going to take care of you if you get old. Now, so let's let's be very clear here. Medicare will cover rehabilitative care uh, if you came from a hospital mm-hmm. and are in a recuperative care situation where you are progressing to get better. But it only covers it for 90 days, and you have to be making progress. It will not cover a chronic illness if you are in nursing home care or home health care, and it is a, a, a situation that you're probably not going to recover from. Medicare will not cover that. Now, on the opposite end of the equation, people think, well, I'll figure out this whole Medicaid deal. I'll transfer my assets Mm -hmm. to my kids and I'll get around the Medicaid thing and I'll get the government to take care of me that way. That doesn't work either because there's something called a five-year look-back period. Mm -hmm. You have to transfer your assets to your kids before five years, uh, over a five-year period of time, uh, before you actually get ill and need that type of care. And think about that. You just gave all your kids your assets. Now, how many people (laughs) would do that? They just don't. No matter how much you (laughs) trust your kids, right? And so you've got to have a plan. Everybody actually has a plan. It's you're going to take care of it yourself and spend all of your money down if you do not deal with this in a way where you uh, take on some type of risk management, Teresa, to transfer that risk to an insurance company. Yes, there's a lot of options you have to take care of it. And we always talk about risk and the different things you can do. A lot of people just choose to accept the risk and just hope that it works out. And from someone who's lived this whole situation with my stepfather, I can tell you not having the ability to just make the choices yourself is hard. We had to accept whatever they would allow us to do from a facility standpoint. So whatever facility would take him, we send him to because we did not have that control. If we had had a plan in place in advance, we could have chosen what facility to send him to and what type of environment he was going to be in during that time. And and I, I hate that we didn't have that plan in place because that was hard. You've touched on one of the dirty little secrets of the long-term care industry, Tim, is there is a big difference in the type mm-hmm. of facility that you'd want to go into and the type of facility that they'll let you into if you're on Medicaid. Absolutely. And you really want to have control. So you don't mm-hmm. want to leave it to Medicaid. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to take control of your, your circumstances and what how you're going to really end your life. Those last number of years, whatever however long that is. And so there's different insurance that we can purchase to help cover that cost. And, you know, there's always that traditional long-term care policy that's a premium, monthly premium that's a use it or lose it. So if something happens to you and you never go into long-term care, you never gain any benefit from that policy. Those policies usually have a lot of premium increases, and they're also kind of going by the wayside. It's kind of being taken over by mm-hmm. a life insurance hybrid that we can actually gain some of that benefit early in the policy if we are no longer able to do two of the six activities of daily living. And so those types of policies, we really help um, put into someone's financial plan to really help the spouse that um, may be healthy so that uh, not all of their retirement income is going toward the coverage of the one that's in the care. Well, let's also back up, too, because there are things you can do prior to that happening, prior to your health failing in some way. Take care of yourself. Mm. Don't just go home and sit on the couch and watch TV all day. When you retire, um, I'm sorry, but the the statistics are there. If you just stay active, invest yourself in something, whether it's volunteering or just being active on a daily basis. I have a a client who goes and swims every morning. Do something to help yourself stay healthy in retirement so you don't have to face all of those things like many will. 
you can definitely do something about it. I have a client that climbs uh, Pinnacle Mountain every day. Oh, wow. It puts me to shame, right? I can't even <laughs> climb Pinnacle <laughs> Mountain every day. It's incredible. 70 plus years old and he That's climbs awesome. Pinnacle Mountain every That's day. So good. those are great things to do. So you really, you fall into one of three camps when you address this issue. You're either going to either not have the assets or not plan uh, and have Medicaid take over if you need care. You're going to self-insure. If you have multi-millions of dollars and we build retirement income plans for our clients all day, here at GenWealth, if your retirement income plan is large enough that it can incorporate a long-term care payment for both of you, mm -hmm. then you can self-insure, right? But most of us and most of the folks we work with are going to be in the middle. They have assets. They don't have enough to insure themselves, so they need to put that risk off on an insurance company. We can build that insurance premium that Tim talked about into your monthly retirement income plan so that you know that it's rocking along, your premium is going to be paid, and then if you need care, you go on claim and the insurance company can take care of all or maybe it's just a part of your overall uh, care needs. So that's all part of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, and we are so quickly running out of time today. I told you it was a jam-packed show. It is a jam-packed show today. We had a lot of information in our show today, and again, thanks to FBI Special Agents Ryan Kennedy and Todd Adams for being part of our show to talk about the financial crime and financial fraud standpoint as a threat to your financial independence. We want to talk a little bit at the end of the broadcast here about the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process because these are all things, all these threats that we've talked about today in the program, we deal with when we build a holistic retirement income plan for our clients. The Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process involves you getting your information together, scheduling an appointment with a Gen Wealth financial advisor, coming in, spending about two hours of your time in one of our offices. Our offices are located in West Little Rock, Bryant. Hot Springs, El Dorado, and Bossier City, Louisiana. So there is an office near you if you're listening to us today. Then, after that two hours, which I should point out is complimentary, cost you nothing to consult with an advisor, at the end of that appointment, we'll determine then, you'll determine then, if it makes sense for you to move forward in building your plan. And that can be done with a phone call. That process can begin with a phone call, 501 653 Again, it's 501-653-7355. You can also reach out via email, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. That's all the time we have today. I want to remind you real quickly before we leave about our Gen Wealth Academy workshops coming up later this month, Fortifying Your Finances. FBI Special Agent Ryan Kennedy will be there. Stephanie Smith, our Social Security team member, will be there. It happens January 23rd at 6.30 at Mike's Place in Conway and January 28th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. You can sign up at our website for free. We'll talk to you again next week. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.